So if you guys see what's under the family value this week, community. community. Everybody say hi, baby Jonah. Hi. Say hi, little Brandon. Hi. It's not Brandon. It's it's Jory. It's it's his dad. But it looks exactly like Brandon. Uh, and then we have uh, our administrative assistant. I don't know if you guys have met or know. Uh, it's it's Misty Loy. She's she's awesome. She's really cool. So it's not me. Okay. I didn't draw that picture. Anyway, so we've been in a series just taking a look at our family values. Anybody remember what last week's family value was? Hey, brownie points for Jaden. Everybody give it up for Jaden. Hey, listen, it's important to know our family values because if you don't know the values, you don't know why we do the things we do, right? Family values, if you have anything that you place a value on, but it, it, it informs everything else that you do. So obviously, as Christians, as believers, as a youth ministry, as you guys, middle school, high school students, changed lives should be important. Remember we talked about it? I, I, I did it, uh, said it again in, uh, in prayer uh, tonight. I said we change, we live changed lives so that we can be a part of Jesus changing other lives. We can't be instrumental in being his hands and feet if we aren't living a changed life ourselves. We have to, have to, have to live changed lives. Everybody say changed lives. And everybody say community. Because we believe in community. LifePoint Youth, this is who we are. LifePoint Church, this is who we are. We believe in community. Community is a, is a really interesting word because a lot of us, um, who, who here would uh, say, I'm a very individual person? Like, I like being alone. If somebody gives me a group project, I'm probably going to do it myself. Like, yeah, yeah. Group projects are the worst, aren't they? Because there's always that one person who doesn't do anything, right? You're just like, well, I guess I can. But uh, before we get into the word, we're going to be in Acts chapter 2. But before we get there, uh, I got a story for you. Because always. Um, Brandon, stand up. Everybody give it up for Brandon. Brandon and I have something in common. We're the same height. No, I'm just kidding. He's actually taller than me already. Uh, so anyway. No, um, Brandon, what is your sport of choice? What do you what do you what do you participate in? Football. You played football, yeah. But like, what did you what did you do last uh, fall? Cross country. Cross country. I also ran cross country. You can have a seat. Give it up for Brandon running cross country. Anybody ran cross country before? On a cross country team? Anybody track? Anybody run track? Yeah, come on, track people. Yep, love it. So. I remember uh, I started when I was in sixth grade. Was this your first year running yeah. cross country? Cool. Um, I, I ran cross country in fifth, sixth. Um, I skipped seventh because I played football and broke my arm and never played again. Uh, I know it was terrible. I could have gone in the NFL, really. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm five seven white dude. Are you kidding me? No, no. <laughs> But I uh, actually didn't run cross country again until my sophomore year of high school. Um, but I remember when I was first coming into cross country, I thought like, oh, this is awesome because I get a really cool uniform and I get to do all this stuff. And it's completely like an individual thing. Right. I was like, man, I get to run. I get to place. I get beat, my, beat all my teammates. It's going to be great. What I didn't realize is that cross country isn't just an individual sport. Right, Brandon? 
It's a team sport. I didn't know this because you get your own individual number and, and you have, uh, you know, all these cool little trackers that'll track how fast you're going. Like, um, you, can, you can check, it's, it's called mile split if you're ever a nerd like that want to check track stuff out. Um, but, like, it's a really, really cool thing because you're, you're an individual person. But what I realized as I ran cross country is that it's actually extremely team-based. Because no matter how good you personally are, no matter how good you personally are at running... If you don't have four guys behind you or in front of you that can run better than you or, or run right behind you, um, then your team can't qualify. It doesn't matter if you win the race. If the rest of your team is garbage, you don't go to state as a team. And I remember going, wait, so the guy who places first doesn't go? No, there's a couple like individual spots that can qualify. But you can't win a team uh, tournament or a team championship in cross country just by yourself. That's why they say run clumped together as a team. Because if I can put, if, if I finish first, but then there's another team that finishes right behind me, but then they put three people in front of my second person on my team, they're gonna win. So it's a extremely team-based. Even though I thought like, oh man, it's cross country, I get my own little number, I get everything individual. And how many times do we think like that? just in our, in our life, in, in, in walking through what we walk through. We think like, oh man, like I'm my own person. Uh, obviously, maybe you're, maybe you're one of those jointed twins. I don't know. Like, maybe that's you. That's a thing. <laughs> but, uh, and hopefully you can get disjointed very soon. But, but you're like, man, I'm my own person. I get to do my own thing, all of that stuff. But the reality is, is that we are better together. Everybody say we're better together. If we, even when we think that we can do things by ourselves, what we need to do is actually step back from the things that we have. Hey guys. Hi. Thank you. Even, we, even when we think we can do things by ourselves, we need to actually step back from our own personal ambition and the things that we might personally want to do and we need to say, okay, Lord, what, what, is, what is it that we can step into that's bigger than ourselves? What is it that we can step into that is within your will? What can we do? Because guess what? If you only live for yourself, like you're not going to be here forever. Hate to break it to you. Sorry. Spoiler alert. You're like, but I'm researching how to find him. No, you don't have that. And so... If you step into things that are only as big as yourself, it ends with you. We have to be able to step into something that's bigger than ourselves. And I want to talk a little bit about people who did that. And there's no better example of this than in the book of Acts. Okay? So we're going to be in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Um, Peter has just preached, and 3,000 people got saved. Could you imagine, like, I preach one time, and then 3,000 people come to church the next week. That would be crazy. We would, not have, we would not have the space at all. People would be in the floor. <laughs> so so Peter, has just, Peter has just preached, um, and, and there's been 3,000 people who are saved, and this is directly after this happens. It's pretty cool, but it says this in verses 42 through 47. 
It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders that were performed by the apostles. All the believers, everybody say all the believers. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. This is a really cool part that I don't think gets talked about enough. It says this, at, and the Lord added to their number daily, added to their number daily those who were being saved. If you guys would just pray with me real quick before we, we get into this. Um, I'm just believing that tonight we can grow uh, as, a, as a community um, and that we can really, in looking at all of these values, but this one in particular, really prepare ourselves for what we want to accomplish this summer um, as we build relationships and as we bring people into this place. And so, Lord, we just give up the rest of this time, whatever it is that you want to do, whatever it is that you want to speak. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me. I pray that, that these students would be able to receive, Lord. I pray that you would just remove all of the distractions, all of the things that might be on their mind, all of the things that they may uh, feel uh, that, that is more important, Lord. I pray that you would just begin to nudge them right now, Lord, and that they would be able to just trust and, and, and put their hope in you, Lord, that they would be able to listen to what it is that you're speaking tonight, Lord, and I pray that it would just uh, cause a stirring in their hearts, Lord, to be able to model this exact thing from the, from the book of Acts. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, Austin, could you sit up, please? Thank you. Appreciate it. If anybody else is laying down, stand up. Just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> I get it. Been a long day, right? How many people has been a long day? I get you. I get you. It's been a long day for me, too. So check this out. So there's three things. Check this out. There's three things that are so cool about what we just read about in, in Acts. Three things. A strong community does three things for us personally and for us as, as, as a community. Okay? The first thing is this that a strong community will actually grow you. Everybody say, I want to grow. grow. And all my short people said, amen. Come on. <laughs> Please let me hit a growth spurt. I'm still waiting, guys. It's not going to happen. I, I know. I know. I just need to invest in lifted shoes. That's what I need to do. So check this out. So a strong community will grow you. The first Christians here in Acts were really devoted to what the Lord spoke and what he taught on. They were sold out on Christ's message. So much so that they said, oh, all of these apostles who were running with Jesus and now that Jesus isn't here, like they all, they're all we have right now. Like we're going to listen to every single word that they said. Part of the reason why the apostles were, were so uh, impactful was because people actually trusted them and did what they said. What a novel idea. You do what your pastor says. That's so crazy. Wow. Um, <laughs> I know I didn't all the time. Um, 
but I was a knucklehead. Don't be like me. Um, but they were, they were directly called by Jesus. These apostles were directly called by Jesus. And so they hung on every single word that they said. You taking notes? Okay, that's what I thought. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Good. I love it. Um, I got you. Cool. They were just fire memes. I know. I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, so they were, they were called to spread the gospel message. And they saw that and they said, okay, whatever it is that you are telling us to do, we're going to go do. And they did it together. They were word-centered. Okay? They were word-centered. They didn't have the, the, all of the letters and stuff that we have in the New Testament, but they did have some form of this scripture. And they relied on it, and they leaned in on it, and they were so ready. I feel like everybody's distracted. Can we just focus real quick? Okay. You see, they were focused on growing dependent on Christ and growing dependent on each other. They were so focused on this. And what, what came of it was that they actually grew from it. Because when you are rooted in the word and when you're rooted in relationship with other people, you grow. Here's a bit of advice. Find people who are smarter than you in everything. Find people who are smarter than you. Find people who can mentor you. Find people who you can invest in. Find people who, who, who can invest in you. Because we are so much better when we're together. We are so much better than when, we are, are, than when we're isolated and alone. You see, being together with people who are focused on the same goals and rooted in the same foundation, what that will do is start to bring this deep growth, not only with the, the group, but with you personally. How many people actually want to grow in their faith? Like legit, they want to grow in their faith. Good, great, gold stars for all of you. <laughs> That's good. If you bring people around, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll answer questions after. That'd be great. I'd love to, to talk about that stuff. But we have to be willing and able to get in community with each other because we'll all grow deeper if we can do it together. We're better together. God created us to thrive in community, right? That's what happened in Genesis. He looked at Adam and he was like, that dude's lonely. I'm going to give him somebody else. This is like, th that was in Genesis, right? Very, very beginning. He looked at humanity and he said, no, 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 we can't be alone in this. We have to do things together. I need to, to create a helper and, and then they'll create more helpers and then they'll create more. It just happens like that. You see, we have to be in right relationship with God and we have to be in right relationship with others. And when we do community right, when we do this thing right, we're able to, we're able to grow spiritually. We're able to grow numerically. Hello. I think that's so cool because it says that they added to their numbers daily. I think that that's so cool that, that when you actually grow in your personal faith, you bring people along with you, you begin to bring other people who will go, hey man, what are you guys doing? Like, I really want to really get into that. 
I really want to see what you guys are doing because if there's uh, two or three or four or five or 20 people who are ready to go, man, that's awesome. I love, uh, where are my PHS people at? There's like all three, four of you guys. So good. Bradshaw, where you at? Sorry, you're outnumbered. Well, hey, I'm about to actually just uh, throw down a gauntlet on all of you Bradshaw people because PHS's Youth Alive just met uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, they did. Uh, largest Youth Alive Club. Largest Youth Alive Club ever, right? In, yeah. How many people was it? I can't remember. It was 111. A hundred and eleven students on campus came to listen and grow together. Guess what? When that one hundred and eleven gets mobilized to, re- to go, man, you're gonna reach the whole school eventually. That is awesome, Bradshaw people. Get on it. I need somebody to help be a part of a youth alive. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> Talk to me after. Talk to me after. Here's the thing. When I went to Evangel, I, 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 lo- I loved my time in college. I was crazy and wild, but also learned a lot. I learned something, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I didn't. Macy can speak to that, I guess. But I had classes with professors who genuinely cared about me. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to teach you stuff and then send you on. Like, they would literally, like, one time when I got, when I got licensed as a minister, um, <laughs> It's kind of embarrassing. One of my, I'm, I'll just go to class, and it was a night class. It was like 5.30 at night. It was Genesis. And uh, I get licensed like the night before or whatever, and he's like, Josh, stand up. And I stood up in front of the whole class. He's like, he became a minister of the gospel. And I was like, yes, all right, cool. Can we wrap this up? Like student or teachers and professors cared about me. And that was such a cool thing. I had a, a leadership team at a church that I was involved in as a youth leader because I was a youth leader before I was a pastor. And, and I had youth leaders and, and pastors who poured into me because they cared about me. And they wanted to hang out with me and they wanted to be with me and they wanted to help me along. I had devotionals on my floor. That was awesome. It was so cool to be able to hang out with the guys who were on my floor, even though they stunk. Um, like literally stunk. Like they were cool guys, but they just stink. And you can, I can go on record saying that. But they grew me as a believer. They helped me grow as a believer. They helped me grow as a man. I was in my advisor's office every single day. Literally, he would end class and I would go, okay, let's go to your office. And I would follow him the entire way. And I would just like ask him random questions, like really random stuff. And he would help me. And he shaped me as a man, as a minister, as a pastor, as, as a believer. It was through the corporate setting of being together in a community that I was able to grow personally. A strong community will grow you. Second thing is this, a strong community will support you. Strong community will support you. How many people need support? Need some help? Yeah, you need to be lifted up. All that good stuff. So good. Well, um, in Acts 2, it's really cool because it says that they shared everything. No one went without. They were all together. They had everything in common. Acts 2 was basically a utopia. Like 
Everybody had everything that they needed. Everybody did exactly what they needed to do. And everybody grew and was able to, to survive. They, they, nobody went without. I think what's so cool about this is that they shared and had everything in common within the community. Hear this, though. Because a lot of people would like to read this and go, see, God supports communism. No, 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 no. Because it also says that they had personal property that they were selling and giving out of their generosity. And so they had to have things to themselves that they had that they could then sell to other people. It's almost as if, hear me out, it's almost as if the kingdom of God isn't set in any sort of economic system, any sort of thing that we can even wrap our minds around. But that's a whole other message for another time. It's so cool to think that no one went without. They followed this Old Testament idea of community equality. Everybody say community, community. Equality. equality. No one was going to go without in the community. No one would go without in the community. They had a selfless generosity and the entire community showed it showed that everybody would be remembered, everybody would be cared for, everybody would be loved. No one would go without, they weren't missing, people weren't falling through the cracks. This community genuinely cared about each other. And guess what? They genuinely liked each other. Look at the person next to you and say, I like you. But not like that. <laughs> oh, everybody say awkward, right? But they actually genuinely lo like loved each other and cared about each other. If you have a best friend here or maybe just at school, you actually care about that person, right? You don't want to see that person sad. You don't want to see that person without anything. You don't want to see them like if like who's ever gone out to eat somewhere and uh, and you don't have money and your friend's like, I got you. That is love right there. That is love when you're like, really? And then, then they go, yeah. And then they order like half the menu and you're like, dude, I didn't say that I'd pay 15 bucks for you. You know, like, I love you, just not that much. Like, you can order out the dollar menu maybe. But like, no, nah, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. They, they actually genuinely cared about each other. They're, they had this mentality. Who's ever heard this before? In sports or in any sort of team, competition, whatever. How many people have heard when one wins, we all win? Maybe you've ever heard of that. I mean, you'll know that when one loses, we all lose, right? It's that whole thing. You see, they adopted that team mentality. They adopted that team mentality and acts. And so when we adopt that, that when one wins, we all win. And when one loses, we all lose. We come together as a support for each other. Look at the person next to you. Say, I got your back. If somebody is, in, is struggling and they need support and they, need, they, they have needs, man, it's up to us to come around as a community and say, I got you. You're not going to go without. It's clear in this passage, it's clear in this passage that they were all in this together, right? Everybody say, hey, I'm surprised you guys knew that because like dates me a little bit. 
I'm so glad. Hey, uh, I got a video, Becca. It's in the bottom bin of the youth thing. I didn't actually load it into the service, but you can just click on it and it'll play. Uh, and I don't know if it has any volume. Think it'll maybe you do have to load it in. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm really making it hard on Becca. I got this video I want to show you guys. Check this out. Let's see if it'll. Can can we get that fitted real quick? Cause it's like really stretched out. It's viral right now. So everybody say All right, check it out. Hey! I'm so rooting for that turtle. I was watching, I'm like, no! Michelangelo! No! <laughs> Here's the thing. I, as, as funny as that video is, it's really actually super cool because we're fooling ourselves if we think that we can do anything worth anything on our own. I, here's the thing. I'm not saying that you're worthless. Don't hear that. Don't hear that. Don't hear that. Shh, focus in, focus in, focus in, focus in. Don't hear that you're not worth anything, but you can't do anything of value outside of yourself. Because guess what? If you're only doing things within your own strength, if you're only doing things with yourself in mind, what happens when you're no longer here? It dies with you. And so we're fooling ourselves if we think that we can do anything worth anything on our own. We need people around us to help us when we're flipped on our back like this turtle was. When we're flipped out and we can't get up and we can't figure out which way to go. We need people. Did you see how many turtles came around him? It was awesome, dude. It was Donatello. It was Raphael. It was Leonardo. It was all their cousins. When we're flipped on our back and we can't help ourselves, this is why we need a community, a strong community to come and support us. And we need to be supportive of each other. It's important. The last thing is this, is that a strong community will change you and really it'll also change other people. A strong community will change you and it will change other people. You see, it's so cool that it says that they went to the temple courts together because it shows of their devotion, not only to their heritage, because they came out of Judaism. They were Jewish. And then they said, you know what? Like we still have that heritage and we're still going to honor that. But they went and they went to the temple courts to witness to people. They didn't go just to partake and act like everybody else. Hello. There's a message there. Don't go to the temple courts and just act like everybody else. Go and witness to people. Go and hang out with people. Go and get invested in people's lives. Because they went to the temple courts saying, who's going to come back with me? And then it said that they went to the home. They went to the home and they broke bread and they ate meals together. 
if the temple was a place of witness, then the home was a place of fellowship. And in both contexts, in both places, lives were changed. Make no mistake, the early church and this youth ministry, this church is not a place where we just gather here and you get your little member card and you just hang out and these are all of your friends and that's all that it is. No, 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 no. We need to be constantly looking for people that we can say, hey, would you come with me? Hey, would you come join me? Hey, would you do this thing with me? And then when they say, I don't know, I got, I'm busy. You drag them by the ear and you bring them. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. It's not good. Don't. If I see you dragging people by the ear, I'll drag you by the ear. <laughs> I'm joking. I would never do that. But check it out. There was a clear move of the Holy Spirit. They were walking in what the Holy Spirit was commanding them and leaning them uh, to, to do. We have to call. They, they, they didn't just leave people there either. They didn't just say, hey, come over to my house. Okay, great, leave. They said, hey, we want you to have a new life with Jesus. We want you to be tra uh, transformed and, and changed. They wanted people to experience a life change. People were coming to know Jesus and grow in their faith. And not only that, but be active in bringing more people in to that change. It goes back to what I've said over the last couple of weeks, that we live changed lives so that we can help change lives through the Holy Spirit. So that we can be a part of that process of going, okay, cool, awesome. I'm going through transformation. I'm going to drag this person, and I'm going to take this person, and I'm going to take this person. I have to tell everybody about this. This community is not just for us here now. We need to go out into the community. That's why this fall, we're going to be doing some of that. We're going to be going out into the community, loving on people, inviting people in, because guess what? It is not all about what happens in this place. There's so much more. There are people who will be a part of this community. There are students. Some of them are your friends who are going to come in here, and they're going to be the ones who actually bring about the change, and it will be because of you. Do you guys know that somebody witnessed and somebody told Billy Graham about Jesus? And nobody really understands the weight and the significance of what that meant, but everybody knows who Billy Graham is. All right. <laughs> like literally, quite literally, he, he witnessed to like millions of people over, over like 50 years, 60 years of ministry. The cr like the craziest, most passionate dude when it comes to evangelism. Your homework is to look him up. No, I'm just kidding. Check this out, though. This is the important thing. This is the thing that I want you guys to grab onto. And then I'll close and invite the worship team up. God responded to the faith of the people in the community and he blessed them for it. He responded to the faith of the community. Do you have a faith and are you living a life within this place, within the context of this youth ministry where God would bless it because of your faithfulness? If you don't, step into it. And if you are, continue in it. Because it says that they added new converts daily. 
That blows my mind. I, I really don't think we understand what that means. I mean, like daily. Could you imagine if it wasn't just, hey, next, next Wednesday, we're going to double in size. Hey, next, ne- the ne- Wednesday after that, we're going to triple. No, 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 no. The next day, there were more people. And then the day after that, there were more people. And then the day after that, there were more people. When did we think that like it was only for Sundays and Wednesdays that we could invite people into a relationship with Jesus? When did we think that it would be Pastor Mike standing up here going, hey, man, if you, if you know Jesus or you want to know Jesus, man, we have people to pray with you on the sides. When did it just become that? Like we have to be instrumental in saying, do you know Jesus? No, let me tell you about him. And not being weird about it and not being crazy and not like being so passionate that we start judging people. <laughs> be patient with people. But man, they, there were no days off for these guys. It is so important to see that, man, if we could change our mindset that it's not only Sundays and Wednesdays, how many more people could encounter God? How many more people would, would experience him? They had favor with God and they had favor with humanity and they used it. They used it to bring people uh, uh, to, to the feet of Jesus and allow him to change them. They used the influence that they had. They used the favor that they had, not to grow their club and go, oh, this would be awesome if we do this or we do this, but to actually genuinely reach out and say, I'm bringing as many people as I can with me. It's so important. The early church in Acts was in one accord. I think it was a Honda. I think it was a red one. They were in one accord. Maybe two. I don't know. No, joking. In one accord. That means that they were in one spirit, in one mind. They had unity. Everybody say unity. Unity. They were unified, and they began to share the good news with everyone they could. They were guided by they were guided by the Holy Spirit every single step of the way. None of this happened before they had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. They continued to look to bring people in, not simply isolate themselves into their own subgroup. And I feel like that's some of what we've done. Well, I like church, and I like my church friends, and I like that, and then I'll have these friends, and then I'll have this, and it's just another subgroup of things that we do and people that we hang out with. But that's not what this community is supposed to be. That's not what this youth ministry is supposed to be. That's not what this church is meant to be. We are supposed to be a community that reaches out and constantly brings people in. The reason that people say, if you talk to any pastor, you say, what would you want your church to look like? Every one of them should say, I want them to look like Acts 2. There's a reason for that. It's because it's the community that we strive to emulate. It's the one that we constantly return to when we get off course. We want to get back to Acts 2. We want to rediscover. We're supposed to, to constantly be drawn back to this place. If we want to have unity of spirit and then a unity of purpose to continue to reach lost people. If the worship team will go ahead and Come on up. I 
as we kind of just wrap up and close, I, I think it's important that we step into the unity of this community. That we actually step into unity as a community. That we would step into that and, and begin to lean and, and be guided by that. that. That we would grab onto this concept that we are better together. Because if we can grab onto this, this whole thing of community and being together, and not just being together and staying together, but actually looking for people to bring into the community, then man, we will grow personally. We will grow as a community. Hello? We will find support for each other. When you need it or when somebody else needs it, you'll be able to find that this community is a place where you can be supported and loved and backed. And when you're needing help, that you can get it. Let's support each other. And then let's live change so that we can be agents of change. Let's allow for a community and being together to actually change us so that we can invite people to experience the same change that we've received. This is what we're supposed to do. This is why we're here. This is why we're a church. This is why we're a youth ministry, is to be a community and to bring people into this community, not just go, oh, I like it. It's a good size for me. I've got all my friends. No, 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 no. We are supposed to be together in this thing. Would you guys pray with me? tonight and my prayer is really simple tonight man if you uh if you don't know jesus i'm gonna give an opportunity before we end tonight to pray with some people and man step into that but i uh just want to pray as we step into the summer months that man we would really be able to grab onto this thing that we would actually be reaching out to people who need the love of Jesus, who need an encounter with him. We would build these relationships over the summer months. And then when we come back in, in August or when we do this pop-up in June, that like we would be ready to encounter people and meet them where they're at and bring them along with us. We're all in this process together. So Lord Jesus, I just ask that you would set us in unity. I just speak unity over every leader, over every parent and over every student. Lord, I pray that right now, Lord, you would just begin to bring us, like in Acts, that you would bring us into one accord, that we would be on mission together and that we would be ready to go. Lord, I pray that you would just begin to, right now even, just drop names into our hearts of people that we can invite before school is out. We have one week left, Lord, before school is out, that we would uh, look at the, the calendar. We would look at the things that we have in this youth ministry that, that are going on to build the community. Lord, and we would just begin to, to invite them into things. And that we wouldn't, we wouldn't be crazy, but we also wouldn't simply take a no. <laughs> that we would be persistent in loving people and caring about people. And Lord, I pray that you would bring new faces here. I pray that you would bring new families here. Not that we can grow our numbers and say, oh, look at, look at our youth group. But Lord, that you would actually allow for us to, to help bring about 
the change that you want to see in, in the people who, who are far from you. Lord, that we would live a changed life so that we can be agents of, of change, that we can be your hands and feet. Lord, I pray that that community would no longer mean that it's just my my subgroup of these are my friends and this is my place and nobody else is invited. But Lord, that this would just be an open place where anyone can come and experience that that we're a family here together. Lord, I just pray that as we enter into a time to just respond, that whatever it is that you want to speak, whatever it is that you lay on the hearts and the minds of these students, Lord, I pray that they would be able to step into it with boldness and with courage. There's so many things that these students have, I know, on their hearts to do. I pray that they would be able to lean in on you and and begin to be guided by your Holy Spirit to accomplish those things. Lord, I pray that you would just do all of these things for your glory. Not that that we can look and, and brag about anything that we're doing, but that we can look to you and we can see your faithfulness and just say, man, you're so good. Lord, we thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Everybody said, amen, amen.